Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today's guest is actor Jonathan Lipnicki. Jonathan Lipnicki is a longtime friend of mine and one of the nicest guys I know. He started very young in the business. His very first film was Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise, and he moved on to films like Like Mike and Stuart Little. Transitioning from childhood into adulthood was very hard on him, and it still is, and he's very honest about it in this conversation. And he's got so many cool projects in the works. I'm so excited for you guys to hear what he has to say. Here it is. Jonathan Lipnicki, how you doing, man? I am doing great, Ryan. How you doing? It's great to have you. It's uh, We've known each other for, God, almost like eight years now. Yeah. And we have a couple mutual homies. And, you know, man, I've always been a big fan of, of you as a human. And you as your work, man. And it's been so cool watching your career span and getting to be your friend, man. And uh, I'm proud of you and all the hard work you're doing. Wow, man, that is so nice. I think that's the nicest introduction anyone has ever given me. Thank you, man. Likewise, um, watching you and your journey, um, it has been inspiring. And I, I love because there's so many people you come across, you know, um, your friends. And you have to sometimes be honest with your friends where you're like, man, like, I don't think they like get what they need to put into this yeah. to make it a reality. And like, you're not one of those people. You're definitely a self-starter. And I've just been impressed and uh, so happy for you and every victory you have. Oh, dude, same to you, man. But enough about me. Let's let's start from the beginning. So did you grow up in Canada? Uh, no. So, uh, so I'm a dual citizen of Canada. My dad was born in um, Montreal, but I was actually born in um, Westlake Village, California, which is out near like Thousand Oaks. Okay. Um, like inland to Malibu and uh, grew up there, uh, went to public school there throughout my whole child career. Like I would balance the work and... Um, also the schoolwork and they would send me the schoolwork to wherever I was filming and uh yeah and what were your earliest memories because like what at what age did you start in the business so this is the funny thing I I you know you come across a lot of I feel like people who know like from they're like I knew you know I was always making you know scenes or making home movies or whatever um I was so young that I never really got to that point and yeah. I was actually kind of like shy in many ways but I did have a certain amount of, I guess, something that um, my sister started an acting class uh, in Agora Hills. Uh, she's a few years older than me. And I think it's kind of like you want to do what your older sibling's doing. Yeah. And I saw she went into this room and she came out and she had so much fun. And I guess my mom's writing partner at the time told the acting coach, you got to meet her son. He's so funny and like young. He's young, but he's I was like four and three quarters. I was proudly tell people. And um, I met her and she thought I had a lot of charisma and invited me to try the class and I loved it. And I jumped into it and I like told my parents shortly thereafter that I wanted to try, you know, auditioning because we practice like auditions in class. And you remember all of this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bits and pieces. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. But then we I started uh, auditioning commercially and I booked a few commercials when I was five. And then sometimes the timeline gets a little confused in my mind because um, it was a long time ago. But I booked Jerry Maguire, um, I don't know, like a year into acting or like six months into acting, something wow. like that. Um, and it was so the first one was a home run. Yeah, it was well, it was interesting because I booked that and the Jeff Foxworthy show, like very similar time-ish. Um, I'm not, I, I get confused on which came first because sometimes I'll think something came first and then I'll look back and like something else came first because it's just 
you know. Yeah. I was young. Totally. Uh, but I I auditioned for Jerry Maguire, and um, they cast another kid, and they shot two weeks with him. And uh, then they is had that a, is that public knowledge? Yeah, that's public knowledge. I did not know. It's like that. my fun like. I have a few fun like podcast tidbits. Oh, that that's great! So I think that's like really interesting. I mean, it goes to show you sometimes. So it was like you know? Back to the Future style. It, yeah, w- it didn't yeah. work out. You know, it didn't work out. I guess there wasn't a lot of uh, chemistry chemistry between him and Tom Cruise. And the kid, honestly, from what I heard, didn't want to be there. He didn't want to really act. Whereas me, I I was like, oh my god, big adventure! Everything I was doing, yeah. I was a very excited kid. And so I. Uh, do you remember the audition? What did what did they have you do? I don't remember. The only thing I slightly remember is after the audition. So I auditioned for it once. An associate saw me. Didn't go any further. Then um, when they re-released the role, my agent at the time um, told, uh, and he was the head of a children's department in an agency, said, don't see anyone else. See Jonathan Lipnicki. I have who you want sitting in my office right now. And they're like, fine. And then they saw me. And then right after I finished reading for the casting director, she said, um, how would you like to go fly to Arizona today and read for Tom Cruise and um, Cameron Crowe? Um, they're shooting all the football stuff in Arizona. And I was like, sweet, because I'd never I'd been on a plane as a baby, but I never remembered being on a plane. I yeah. really want to go on a plane. So I was so excited to go like go on a plane and then go meet Maverick from Top Gun. And, um, and at this point, like you know, you're you're young. Are you yeah. are you are you are you social? You know, like yeah. are you are you do you, are you holding? Com- you're yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm holding. You know, yeah. five, 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 almost six. six. I think something around there. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm pretty. You know, I was a pretty bright little little kid. I don't know. Something changed. No, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the darkness kicked the dark, in. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I went and I remember going to Arizona. I packed this little like it's funny things you remember. I remember the suitcase. It was this um, blue, yellow, and red little travel suitcase. I yeah, had, and I was so excited to pack it. Went with my um, my my uh, my mom, um, and they had us go wait in Tom Cruise's trailer. And then you know Tom Cruise came in, and Cameron Crowe came in, and I, I uh, you know, oh my dad was there too. Yeah, and I read some scenes with Tom, and Tom was like, you know, gave that big. Tom Cruise smiled that we all love and said, I think the decision is clear here. I'm going to leave it up to Cameron. And um, that's how I got my first movie. Wow. What an experience. Yeah. Do you remember shooting it? Here, like, like, I, like the weirdest things I'll remember, like a t-shirt I wore in it. Yeah. Or, you know, small things or like small interactions. But like, I'll remember that I wore, I wore a suit in the wedding scene. And then I wore that. They let me wear that suit to my preschool graduation. I think. Wow. Yeah, like small things like that. But it's like, you know, my parents definitely remember a lot more. They were, you know, full, full grown adults yeah, totally. at the time. Yeah. And they fill in a lot for me. But it was um. Was Tom and Cameron and Cuba and Renee were they were they good to you? They were so nice. You know, it was such a great cast. Everyone was really cool. Um, all the way down the line, Jay Moore, really cool. Oh, Jay know, Moore, yeah. You know, um. Regina was really cool. Um, everybody was just really nice. Um, and, you know, I've run into Cuba here and there, and he's great. Um, one of my friends ran into Renee recently, and she sent her best, and she's really lovely. And Tom I've talked to here and there over the past few years, and he's he's amazing, man. Yeah. He really is, like, the work ethic and just the inspiration that guy is i mean he like so you ha- you have stayed in touch with him yeah 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 you know i'm not i'm not gonna lie and be like we're best friends yeah but like you know like it's i stayed in touch with him and, you work and then and he's always been so supportive of me and i'm really 
really lucky for that you know shout Pat, out tom cruise yeah he's a great he's a great dude that's you know? awesome i mean there's it's like you should be so lucky to work with anyone who is that professional works that hard and cares that much about the product and and then when that film wraps like you know i imagine at that point you're hitting kindergarten or, or preschool yeah um i was hitting kindergarten yeah i think so when it came out maybe kindergarten or first grade and obviously i know that's yeah. not a children's film but yeah. like did did that affect your kindergarten social you know interactions because i, I imagine not a lot of children were watching jerry Maguire, but i'm sure all the parents saw yeah, more so parents up until i did Stuart little and that was like because you know kids saw that um Stuart little was like a big big thing for like a lot of that was the next kids. project yeah, that was, it was weird so it was like um so I did Dr. Doolittle. I did a small voice in that. And then I also did a season of the Jeff Foxworthy show. Then I did Dawson's Creek. I did like recurring on. And then I think it was Stuart Little. And then might have been. I also did a TV show that lasted eight episodes called Mego, where Bronson Pinchot um, was an alien. Wow. And I find him, and he becomes the nanny of my family. My dad's Ed Begley Jr. My sister's Michelle Trachtenberg. Um, really interesting, you know, wow. cast. And uh, that lasted eight episodes. Um, and then, yeah, so th then I think it was Stuart Little after that. And Stuart Little had more of a, I guess, social impact for people my age. Yeah. And what do you remember at this point? What are you like, eight? Or... Yeah, yeah. Eight. Eight when it, Stuart Little came out. Stuart Little also was one of those things where I did it. And I told all my friends about it, and then it didn't come out for like a long time. <laughs> People are like, "Whatever happened to that thing you did?" And I'm like, "I swear, it's coming out." Yeah, that's great. That's the crazy thing about movies; it can take like two. Especially, to... in yeah. like CGI heavy in '99 when it came, 99 when it came out. CGI heavy that was like a big thing. It was what a big undertaking. What were you acting opposite when you had those scenes with the... a piece of tape, a lot, or a laser dot, and then they had to do another um, take for they had to do another take that was like a a white ball, a uh, metallic shiny ball, and then like a uh, metallic, uh, like a or a gray matte colored ball. And, that, and that's Michael J. Fox and Gina Davis, yeah. right? I actually didn't meet Michael J. J. Fox until the second movie. Wow. Enough, yeah. But Gina Davis, you Lori were my parents, you know. Wow. I've, I've, I've had the chance to have some amazing on-screen parents. <laughs> yeah, that's the best, like, best chemistry really, of all time, really, the Jonathan Lipnicki parents. They're really, you know, like a really talented bunch. And yeah, so that was probably the thing that changed it the most for me in balancing um, school. And I would still go back when I wasn't filming and yeah. I'd go just join my regular class again. And it was, yeah, it was an interesting thing. Um, elementary, I think, was pretty, for the most part, you know, harmless. Middle school is pretty terrible. That's, like, that's where it got bad. Like I just had so little two come out and like Mike actually in the same summer, which was like the coolest summer because like I was so proud of both of those and I was so excited to go like to middle school and make new friends. Yeah. And, and was this public school? Yeah, school? public school. And um, I went there and at first it was just kind of like being a, like a zoo animal. Like people were like, oh my God, like that guy. So people just didn't really understand me and they, they crowded around me a lot at lunch and like were trying to talk to me or whatever. And it was like, kind of caused a little bit of a i don't know, like pandemonium like it was crazy it was like a little, yeah it was a little nuts like, yeah to the point where they brought me in the principal's office and they were like either this is gonna die down or you're gonna have to go eat alone <laughs> like no way with the, with the you know with the kid who's allergic to peanuts you know oh um, my god and i was like no like i want to like interact with people and it, it eventually did die down and a lot of it is too like i grew up in agora hills where a lot of people well i grew up in westlake but i went to school in agora hills a lot of people's parents were in the industry so it kind of just 
it ended up dying down somewhat quickly and then it kind of turned to people just being kind of jerks and being like your movies suck you're this or that you know sixth seventh grade kids eighth grade like kids learn to be i think nastier where like i feel like it's the part where they start rejecting their parents yeah and, then and i feel like high school is a little more introspective where people are just like what's going on with me what's wrong with yeah you? they're getting hormones and you know you know but middle school was nasty man i hated it i switched i i debated switching school uh school uh like county lines going to school districts um but i ended up sticking it out i went to high school and high school was like not as bad i mean it still got like my car keyed and people you know would like leave mean messages on my oh phone my God. like i get a lot of threats on my like phone up until like two years ago I was getting that and I'm 28 years old and I like left my hometown when I was 18 and I've still gotten stuff from people like, yeah, like people are weird when it comes to like acting and stuff. I feel like it's like, even though a lot of people understood it because their parents could, but there are people who like what I realized and it's a self-conscious thing and part of it's me yeah, and part of it's like the actual interactions I've had. People like want to think I'm cocky or not like me. I remember like in middle school, there was a rumor started out of nowhere that uh, I got picked up by a limo every Friday or whatever. And it was but based that's on the, the kind fact, of middle school narrative that can yeah, crush you. Dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, no, my mom picks me up. Or it was like little Bow Wow. They're, they're best friends. And he picks him up. And I'm like, no, I'm not like that. I would never show off. Yeah. It turned out some kid's dad was insanely rich and having him picked up every Friday. Oh, in a so limo. someone was legitimately. Legit- legitimately getting picked up in a limo. People were like. Oh, you think you're so cool getting picked up in a limo? I'm like, that's not me, dude. My mom picks me up in her like SUV, like your yeah. mom. <laughs> like, you know, like it was what, that was yeah. What were your coping mechanisms? Like at this you know, so I got really it's when I started getting really bad anxiety too. Um so my coping mechanisms were I played it I at the time I played an insane amount of basketball. Wow. Like I took like my, on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> I got really into it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was already really into it. And then I got really into it because back to back. So Stuart Little too. I was in living in New York. And um, I was living at this place called the Phillips Center. Yeah. And it's right by the Reebok gym. And if you live there, you get like a free membership to the Reebok gym. Wow. And they had like, because I was like young and you needed to have like a coach or something with you if you're under, under a certain 15 age or whatever. Or yeah. And so I had like a basketball coach and all I did was play basketball when I had days off and it became my thing. And so then in middle school, all I did was play basketball. So I'd go to 24 hour fitness and I'd just play pickup games almost every day wow. because I was like, you know. Oh, no, especially on weekends, I'd be there for hours. I'd be like, hey, mom, I'll call you. And, you know, I'm like, but I just became kind of obsessed with basketball. Be- because you were working so much, could you not go out for the school team? Oh, um, no, I, I played like regular youth league basketball. You wow. know, we didn't have a, a team in high school. I mean, in middle school. By the time I got to high school, I was playing water polo and that was my thing. But I get really obsessively into these things. And I'd play constantly, 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 constantly. Because the only time I didn't have, like, my panic attacks got so bad at one point. And we'll talk about some happier stuff coming up, people. Yeah. Um, but I'm not <laughs> he like, lives. I'm, not like, like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just really chill right now yeah. today. I got some great sleep. Yeah. but uh, So I'm not trying to sound too depressing. But, uh, you know, I, I started getting anxiety so bad that my hands were breaking out and, like, eczema and, like, bleeding, like, bad. And so I'd have a panic attack every single day unless... I was acting or playing basketball. Wow. So I was like, I have to be in the moment doing something. So, so I realized it, it if didn't I'm in make the moment, you resent acting. No, 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 no. Like acting is one of those things where like I had an initial love for it. And then it's like falling in love again and again and again, where I, you know, started like, I guess in my teenage years. So my career kind of 
slow down a little and you know everyone always wants you to like craft a response like i've had reps who are like oh just say that you took time off to you know be a normal kid which i did to a certain degree but i'm not gonna lie yeah i wasn't sure of who i was as a person so i wasn't a good as no one is so like you know the best thing you bring and the most amazing thing you can bring to your work is yourself yeah and so and you know you know this everyone knows this and i didn't know who i was I didn't, even though I had like friends outside of acting, I wasn't really friends with a lot of child actors. I knew like Denzel here, you know, like Denzel had run into Whitaker, you yeah. know, and like, but we were like and, super, you know, and Denzel's cool. Denzel's not like a lot of other, you know, people when we were that age, like he was always very nice. Um, and not saying that they weren't nice, but you know, he was also a real, he's always been like a real kid. Were you part of that t- Taylor Lautner clique too? Like, no. did you know all those Disney Nickelodeon? No, not really, yeah. because I'd been on a lot of stuff that was like, me and adults yeah you know movies and stuff so i didn't have a lot of friends who were child actors i would pal around a little bit with like daryl sabara you know who did spy kids and he's super sweet dude to this day very super sweet dude and he but he was cool he was like normal yeah um because like sometimes like i find myself with like other kid actors and i'm like want to throw football and they're like what auditions are you going out for and i'm like want to throw football (laughs) like yeah and um so i gravitated more towards my friends from school but so yeah it slowed down a little bit middle school um combination of things you know I, I i definitely was in an awkward stage i wasn't confident in who i was so I, therefore my acting wasn't good i'm not all admit it i'll be the first to admit it and that kind of lasted throughout high school i worked here and there but nothing like my momentum really slowed down and a lot of it is like dude i was a funky looking kid yeah i got I me mean, you if you, you became so if famous. you want to laugh like google google it yeah i went through some phases human man. head weighs eight pounds <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean like i was just an awkward kid with yeah. like, like i have the same size feet now than i did when i was like 13 like wow. i was just this floppy kid and um i just was awkward and weird and not really sure of myself and i felt constantly picked on so i was really defensive i became super defensive and so i wasn't really booking anything and i was just like you know what whatever i'll just kind of like do this and do school but i know this is what i'm returning to that's amazing and, that and you know and i just kind of was like people have like have you thought of other things you know why don't you think of other things and i did but nothing nothing compares to doing you know in my in my personal experience nothing compares to what what i did as a you know you know learned as a kid as far as learning that i was right for this yeah not as far as the actual work i mean i've I've gotten a lot better and i've learned a lot more and then when i was about to graduate high school i had a choice between going to college and pursuing acting and what colleges were you thinking about so i did not get into I wanted to go to LMU for film school. They have a really good film program. I did not get in, um, which, you know, kind of sucked. Yeah. But I, then I had gotten to some other local colleges and I was like, you know, um, I can either do this or I can like treat acting class yeah. like school. And I found a really great acting school, Playhouse West. Shout out to Playhouse West. That's in NoHo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was there Isn't for, that Franco's school? Uh, he, he went there. Yeah. 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 Um, for a long time. And he was very, he was very, uh, he interacted with the school a lot. Did you know him? I did not. I knew a lot of like other of his friends. Um, some really great actors came out of there, like uh, Jim Perrick. I don't know if you know yeah. Jim. Jim's a really talented man. Scott Hayes. Scott talented. Hayes, I love. Scott Hayes, really talented. Does a lot, a lot of, of New York theater. Yeah. So yeah. I met. The, you know, I got to like meet those guys, and like, they're really amazing and great to watch. Um, Jim Perrick, honestly, to this day, is one of the best theater performances I've ever seen in my life. Wow. He did Burn This. Yeah. At the Little Theater in North Hollywood, and he crushed it, man. He was amazing. Um, great guy too. Um, but yeah, I, so I, you know, I graduated high school. I went and I, uh, 
started really taking acting class seriously. And I told myself, like, I'll see you give it a year or so before I decide if I'm like, go back to college. At the end of the year, I booked a movie called For the Love of Money. It has uh, James Caan in it, mm. Paul Sorvino, um, Edward Furlong, interestingly enough. Well, it um, was about to make a resurgence yeah. in Terminator. Yeah, 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 yeah. I met him at a convention. I do conventions here and there. I met him at a convention recently. He was very nice. Was he cool? He was, yeah, he was super cool. Is he sober? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, he seems sober to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. Know. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm on my own business. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, I, yeah. I always root for people. No, I love, you know, it, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you talk about your sobriety. Right? I do. Yeah. Okay. 100%. So like, yeah, it's yeah. a hard thing. My parents work um, with recovering addicts actually. Yeah. And it's such a hard, hard, hard road, especially like seeing all the ways people are like, Oh, you know, how did you stay on track? Dude, I'm as crazy as anybody. Yeah. I just haven't had anything publicly happen, but dude, we all make mistakes. And it's not that child actors are this weird exception that they're all drug addicts or whatever. How did, how how did you avoid that? Drew Barrymore, those like, you know, doing blow at nine years old with producers. Like, was it credit to your mom? Credit to my parents. I have great parents. Yeah. Number one, I have great parents. Number two, my anxiety wouldn't let me do anything because I was always scared of being train wrecked because from because when, you knew that was a self When you get prophecy. asked about drugs from the time you're like nine or ten years old in interviews, yeah. they ask you about that stuff. They have no courtesy with that. Where they'll be like, oh, are, you know, a lot of child stars have done drugs. I don't even know what drugs are and people are asking me about them. Uh, you know, and so it became such a fear of mine to be a train wreck. Yeah. That I was very repressed in a lot of ways for a long time. Because I was just so anxious about like drinking, ruining my career because I love working. Yeah. And I've always, the one thing is I've always really loved working. The things I had to refall in love with were auditioning. Um, definitely because I felt nervous and judged. And I was just mostly because I felt judged in my home life, not like my parents, but like kids at school. Yeah. But so like after high school, I just knew this is my time. And I started really grinding to make my own projects too which i you know still i'm doing um auditioning a lot and along the way there's been a lot of ups and downs but it's been a really great experience and i wouldn't trade it for the world what what made you decide to stay in la you know probably family um i've thought about new york a lot and i've thought about vancouver because i'm a dual citizen and um i just filmed up there and it was amazing i i did a movie up there this year called broil with um timothy murphy if you know him great actor man and uh, I was like, it's so beautiful up there. And it was really nice. And, uh, you know, it was really nice. It's actually. So growing up in L.A. and now living in L.A., the combination of just people I like know. Yeah. Like I always run into people when I'm like looking horrible. In the Valley, dude, I run into all like my Valley friends, whether it's acting class or whatever. Yeah. It's not like I'm super cool or anything. I just have been out here yeah. forever. Um, you know, I thought about it and I would love to be bicoastal one day. I'd love to have a place in Vancouver one day, but those are those are definite big goals that I want to achieve. Um but I mean for right now this is pretty good. And as you grew into your to your manhood, yeah, did how did you re strategize and position because you became this incredibly cute kid and you're yeah. booking that like did you change reps with like your branding and your type? Did you start going in for different and more mature things or did you feel like casting directors were trying to recreate this thing? as an adult it's it's a hard thing and it's not one answer um for me it was i was always changing because we always just are as humans and um when i became more of an adult i got really good shape um for yeah that. you started for, fighting yeah right? for, for how old lo- were you when you started i started doing jujitsu in high school to cope with you know kind of cope not i mean and my friends were doing it wasn't to cope with anxiety it ended up being the best thing for my anxiety but um 
as far as like rebranding, it was more like, I didn't know where I fit. You know, I'm not. So when I got in really good shape and it was like, I, these, these shirtless pictures came out of me. I remember like, that. They were like on just Jared. And, yeah. So yeah. those were never supposed to see the light of day. They were a test shoot for like a fitness magazine. Cause I so was the doing, photographer leaked them? I don't know. It was a miscommunication between the lady who runs my website and my PR guy. And I think someone just thought they would be like, oh, you know, he wants these up there, obviously. Because he looks amazing. Yeah. 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 Like, and I, you know, I worked really hard to look like that for the movie. And then I ended up not even being in a shirtless scene, even though like there was a shirtless scene in it. And I like they had they paid for me to get my chest waxed and everything. And I was like, it was like 40 year old virgin. I bled through my white T-shirt like it was bad. <laughs> and so I uh, I worked my butt off. I really, you know, I, I walked around with a scale and a computer because it was before like apps were a major thing on yeah. phones. And so when I got in really good shape, these things went kind of viral. I had a lot of general meetings after that. There was a lot more. So it's, it, was, it was beneficial. It was what? very beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. But it was weird because it pushed me in a weird category where like I had a lot of auditions for these leading man types brooding you know James and Dean. it's like dude i'm an all right looking dude i'm an all right looking dude but if you're ever in la or new york you see man you're reminded of it every single one is so good looking yeah and so like i go to these auditions that's not who i am yeah i'm not i'm not liam hemsworth i'm not chris hemsworth i'm not anyone named chris yeah really <laughs> they're, all, they're all super good looking um yeah they're all super good looking. like and even then like they want to choose more interesting roles there are these good looking dudes who f- have to fight that then after they get the initial yeah where like you know um I was like, no, I'm not, you know, and I had to kind of find what I was into and what spoke to me and what spoke to me were like very character roles. And I started really working in class on like different characterizations and finding what parts of me I liked illuminating and what felt right and what I had strength in and what I had weaknesses in. And so it was an interesting way because it pushed me there and I kind of yo-yoed back to another place of like, then I kind of resented like dieting for a while. So I kind of got, got a little soft. And oh, dude, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, you start like, oh, God, I hate yeah. it. So now I'm in a place where I'm in good shape yeah, right now. But, but it, thank you. Yeah. You too. I've been watching your your, your picks. Your Not drinking man. sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's ultimately, dude, drinking is the thing yeah. that sets back people the most yeah. with um, building muscle and with, I mean, I'm not a doctor and nutritionist, but it does. No. It is totally. the worst for your diet. Yeah. You know, and then also you get like drunk munchies, you yeah. know, and it's like. Well, and you also, your behavior sucks. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. And, and as you became this adult, you were getting these generals like. I'm sure you were asked this often, like whose career were you like, they're doing what I want to be doing? Like, who were you looking to? Who was I looking to at then? At that point, I don't really know. I forget. But like of recent years, man, like I love Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's the best. I think that's like the career that any young character actor, well, any actor in general. Man, I just had a... this actor, Shea Wiggum. Yeah, you know, Shea's like, in everything, man. Yeah, Shea's yeah. my homie, man. He's my brother. And yeah. like, he, I, he's the next Sam Rockwell. Yeah, like, he I, really He's is. about to have Joker come out. And it's... Dude, he's like, killing it, Shea yeah. Wiggum. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. It's only... It, he's the best. And I could totally see you having that, you know? Yeah, I, thank you. I just... Yeah, like I showed you, we actually... I, I wish we could it. talk about it. So I'm going to say right now... We could talk right about now. it without a... Well, so the not Johnny just showed me an audition of his for like probably the most famous show i won't say where right now but it's for a very famous part in a very famous scene and i'm gonna say it this is not his words these are mine the guy who did it was great but johnny was way better and i'm not saying that because he's my homie i'm saying it because it's just acting it's truth and what did what do you feel like now you know because you've done so many auditions do you do you feel like the best person gets the role or is it politics or is I'm, it a combo? You know, I never am one of the negative people to look at politics. Like there's going to think there's going to be things that happen. Maybe somebody owes someone. I like to think that there's a, it's a bit of talent 
you know, like what you do in the room, I think can really change people's minds. I've seen it. Um, like what I did with that audition, I love how you, that was a crazy introduction. First of all, the dude who got it is an amazing dude and he like did a great job. He is a great actor. He's a great actor. I'm not trying to, I, I just, you know, yeah, it was one of those things, dude, I've been, you know, this happens all the time. I was pinned for it, whatever it was, you know, it went far, but that was like, I wanted to kind of show Ryan some of my like character kind of stuff. And so that was a really good experience for me, man. Like I, it was a new casting director never seen me before and now she knows i exist well and now when that show comes back yeah you're gonna be like, and a new filmmaker you know who you know knows uh, you know or i mean he's a filmmaker and tv guy now he knows too and other people know hey like this person exists you know um i don't expect anyone to have seen my child work some people have some people haven't but um do people still bring it up in auditions yeah 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 i mean it's it, it's yeah, that fairly often you know um, yeah, and I really, you know, I don't have an emotional attachment to it. I'm not like, they brought it up again. When you watch those movies because of the pain of, of middle school and that, is that still bring back positive memories or is it, you know, acting was always associated with positivity for me. That's great. Man. People want to make it this thing. Oh, would you have anxiety if you weren't an actor? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I hate sob stories with yeah. stuff like that, man. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I am so grateful for like, you know, and, and not to say like, not to you know invalidate anybody's feelings about mental health and whatever i'm not saying like oh sob so i'm just saying that i wouldn't complain about the job i can complain about things around it and i just tend not to because i just dude i've done it i've been the whiny actor i've tested for so many things man that i didn't get and gotten close in the last words people are like oh what are you doing now and like my career has been consistently in the last 10 years like yeah like independent films and a lot of people have seen them whatever but like dude it's like you're, you sit there and you're like, if you only knew what I was so close to getting, yeah. you know, the whatever amount of network tests and pins and whatever. But at the end of the day, that means you're on the right track. Right. But nothing more, nothing less. So I think to sh- now shorten that answer, um, I think it's talent and I think it's what you do in the room. Taking adjustments in the room, big thing. A lot of people you think like, oh, that's a no brainer. Yeah. A lot of people listen to go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and do it the same way. I hear it from casting directors all the time. I think there's there's that and i think yeah i think sometimes dude there's been auditions and i the, so the next element is just being right for it yeah um whatever that means to them at the time or whatever you do like there's been so um my first like tv network thing back from like not working for a while was my senior year of high school i booked an episode on the last season of monk oh wow so i went into the audition for monk and i did like a whatever job and i was like whatever but they're like hey would you want to come back for the callback in like two hours i'm like yeah of course so i come back it's for producers i bomb so hard and i bomb right as tony shalhoub walks in the room and he sits down um and he like sees me bomb like bad man looking down at my paper i'm shaking i go to my car um after the audition and I cry I just cry I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like dude what am I gonna do if I can't even audition for people like someone I really respect just saw me fail I call my agent at the time I'm like I just hope you get something soon so I can forget about this one it's so bad you know like cry calls me two hours later he's like hey man you did so bad you booked it you're costume fitting tomorrow no way <laughs> and then I've gone into auditions where I've absolutely like auditions or network tests where I'm yeah. absolutely felt I was oh like, man like man I really like and I'm hard on myself so for me to be like I killed it or like I feel like I killed it it's a big deal yeah so like I went I've gone into ones where I'm like dude I'm I got this I got this 
and nothing. You hear nothing back. They're yeah. like, they're like, that's nice. It's every audition for me too. The ones I do the best. Yeah. Nothing. And the ones I'm like never hearing from them again. They're like, hey, uh, can you come back? Right yeah, now? yeah, dude. <laughs> and then it happened again recently, like two years ago. I auditioned for this this thing, and I was like, I left and I cried again. <laughs> I don't, guys, I don't cry. Okay, cry yeah, a little bit. But uh, I cried again, and I called my mom, and I'm like, me, this like 27 year old man at the time, she's like. I'm like, ma, I, uh, how can I ever get a, like, how are my dreams going to ever come true? I can't pull it together. I work so hard. And, I just come pull it. and then they hit me up and it was like months later. And they're like, hey, we loved you so much. We just are going to straight offer you this other role in it. And it was like a really cool role. And I was like, really? Is this a joke? I, I imploded in there. And you just don't know sometimes yeah. what comes off. Yeah. Because there's been ones, yeah, like you go and you kill it and you're like, there's no way I'm not getting it. Yeah. And you're like, you don't, you don't get it. You don't hear back, whatever. Um, But it's, it's weird. And I think there's just an element of surprise when it comes to that. So like now it's like, you never know. I just go into it being like, you know what? This is how I see it. I'm going to have a fun time with it. If there's adjustments, I'll make them. But you never know. And I think that there's, yeah, there, there can sometimes be like, who knows if someone owes someone a favor or if something's being packaged, like. There can be certain, you know, like probably like someone gets. A it's Hollywood. Hollywood. You know, it's yeah. Hollywood. It's still the business. Like yeah. I'm sure that there is. I haven't. But I don't. I don't wrap my head around that because I think it's destructive. And and so then to switch courses a little bit, talk to me while you were at Playhouse West, because when I met you, mm-hmm. you were doing a play with Chris Pine, right? Yeah. So I understudied a play. So my first ever theater job. And this was a brilliant move by my agent at the time, Michael Green. Really great agent. Green Associates cool guy great agent um he uh he so i auditioned for lieutenant of inishmore at the taper and it was um, martin Mil- mcdonough yeah yeah and it was wilson milam who had directed it on broadway i believe and um i have a great audition for it i come back for my callback and i get a car accident on the way there oh my god and it's like a 20 page thing an irish dialect and it's like a hard audition so i'm like nervous i i rear in some guy you know because i'm just like nervous yeah in my head so I get there, my, like, you know, still get there on time with my like, car, like, just stuff spilling out of it. It's, like, not good. And I do an okay audition, man. I still, like, pulled it together somehow. I don't know. And so it gets down to me and one other guy who, um, you know, is who ends up getting it. And my agent, Michael, at the time was like, you, you know, I think it would be a great learning opportunity for you to understudy at that theater. There's a great, you know, actors involved. And... He, he's reached out to them and they were open to having me be the understudy. And it was an amazing learning experience watching a Chris Pine like. Were you, pretty, you were understudying Chris? Uh, no, two oh, different roles. Okay. Um, not Chris, but um, understudying two different roles in it. Um, mostly this guy, uh, Kobe Getzug, who, the, does, who the, does a lot of theater. Yeah. He's a phenomenal actor and great dude. So like learning from him and being able to. I think people can't separate themselves from their ego a lot of times yeah. and like yeah i've been in movies and whatever and you know but that doesn't mean like i'm above anything you totally. know and i didn't look at it like that so i was so stoked i cried when i got even the understudy man that's so amazing. excited did, did you ever get crying. to go on <laughs> i did not everyone was so young and healthy yeah uh, <laughs> didn't think but, about tripping anyone up but, uh, yeah, no, they were all great they were so talented and i got the chance to watch chris pine like pretty fresh off of star trek yeah it was before he really got launched he was like man he was like it's like 2011 yeah he was like 
he was getting to that point where he was super famous. Yeah. And him handling it so well and having the work ethic to be like, I'm going to go do a play. He had his um, Alexander Technique coach there um, before every performance and warming up. He took it so seriously and seeing that man's work ethic, I like. And he was really cool. He was really nice. Wow. Um, I just have a lot of respect for that guy. Yeah. And uh, I, he was super, he was super warm, super cool. And I'm, I just left John Polono's house, and then serendipitously enough, he's another mutual friend. Yeah. And you did his play I Lost did, Girls. Yeah, I did his play Lost Girls, and that was my first time originating a part ever. Um, How did that feel? And it was cool, man. Like John was awesome to work with. You know what? I was surrounded. Like I've been really lucky, and I think this is where like you've worked really hard. I think you need to wrap your in acting in general. We'll generalize it and then go back to this. I think you need to wrap your head around things that are positive and also tangible so like the fact that i'm i can be grateful for the people i worked you know or i've worked with and continue to work with i'm more grateful for that than i am concerned about thinking about politics or who's against me or like not getting a role yeah i think if you can focus on the things you do have or in the things that you're already grateful that are going to come in your future i'm yeah. grateful for things i haven't received yet but i know are on the way and i think that's been a big key to my happiness and and for those that don't know, Lost Girls is uh is John Polona's the master of is is a northeastern Manchester narrative. Yeah. Uh, about four four characters. Yeah. Uh, well, I won't spoil. Yeah. The so ending. it's really it's yeah. really it's really great. But, it's a really great play. He's, he's a he's a master playwright. He's he's just I mean he's phenomenal. How and how was it digging into that working class you know Bostonian? It, it was great. It was it was it was such a cool world to live in, and that's where like doing a character like that yeah. helped. Remember, I was telling you it was like a very big moment for me as an actor, because we went we ran for five months, but also digging into a character like that that was very specific from a specific place from a specific time, you know, it made me realize what I wanted to do as far as characters and being like I like I I resonate with this and this resonates with me yeah. and like this makes me happy. And I had a lot of freedom, but we had great a great director also, John Flynn, um, Rogue Machine Theater in L.A., great theater. Um, and I got to reunite with Josh Baton, who um, played the older version of me in um, For the Love of Money. I no did way. That one. So he hits me up, and he's like, hey, man, like I think you're really right for this play that I'm doing. Oh, so he got you the audition? Yeah, yeah. And so I read for it, and then I came did chemistry reads for callbacks, and he went with me, and um, I was so stoked. And it was... The, one of the most important lessons as an actor was doing this play for five months with whatever ups and downs were going on in my life. And yeah. being, it was the first kind of play I did that was like a real theater company and being like reviewed. And it was still some of my best work I feel like done in my career. And it was really great. And it was a, just a great learning experience. I got to work with a lot of talent. Josh Baton, who ended up after that I ended up taking classes with him because not only is he a phenomenal actor he's a great 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 coach and that's rare I think like sometimes you have coaches who like are you know good coaches but maybe like you haven't seen their acting or their acting isn't something that really strikes you his acting is really inspiring and also he's a great teacher I think it's a really amazing combo so I take classes with him um, to this day Um, I'm coming back to him soon I just took a little time off because I was working but um he helped me a lot with the, the character and the accent and um, just kind of where these characters were from. And yeah. also talking to John about that, he's very, you know, knowledgeable about that whole area. Yeah. And um, it was a big, big thing, being able to go on a few nights a week and really go 
do it. Do it with some talented people and just do the damn thing. And it you, really, it really put me in a better place as an actor, and I learned a lot. I'm a better actor because of it, and because of Polano. So Polano, if you listen to this, I'm grateful, man. Always. I know I tell you this, but like, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to ask you because I know, circling it back, you know, you, you worked with Tom Cruise and, and things like that. But this play, do you feel like in some ways that was was the hardest working you had to be as an actor? Yeah, because I didn't want to suck next to Josh Baton and Jennifer Polono and, <laughs> and, and Anna D, uh, Giovanni. Like, they're really great actors. And I my motivation was literally being like, I can't be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's live. And it worked. And it wasn't like one of those things where there's, there's, there's an important thing to understand. You can't try to be good yeah. because you'll be terrible. Yeah. But like, I wasn't going to suck. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to put as much preparation in this That's as I amazing. can. You know, doing the understudy work for Lieutenant Vinishmore um, was really hard. And then having to do that and then having a few years between that, like two or three years between that and then doing Lost Girls, then going back and doing that type of hard work again. Yeah. Like there's no, I feel like, hard work like doing a play. You 100%. Know? And it's the amount of effort and time I put into it and the amount that I never felt so prepared for anything in my life. Yeah. And I think that gave me the freedom then. Because that's the thing is you can't try to be good. Like I said, you can't go in there and be like, it can't be this come from a place of tension. So I worked so hard on it so that I wouldn't be, by the time we came to opening, I was like pretty relaxed. Amazing. I just worked so hard that that was some of the most freeing acting I've ever done. And I was actually naked for the first week of it. Fun story. Wow. Um, So for previews, they wanted this one thing. I climb into bed. They were like, you know, it's kind of weird. You're like, it was just kind of weird aesthetically. Like I come on a stage and it's during a transition and I'm like moving a chair and then like I am clothed and then I'm naked and then I'm clothed. And it was just kind of like they, they thought it kind of looked clunky. So they're like, hey, would you try being, you know, like fully naked? And I'm like, yeah, I'm 23. Like, you know, this might be the best I ever look. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> and also I was like, you know, I kind of want to challenge myself. Yeah. So I ended up being naked for the first week. And then they were like, listen, it's kind of weird. <laughs> and we got like one weird review about it where the guy's like, this is just really odd. <laughs> so I was naked pushing a chair across stage. Wow. And Polono told me, he's like, hey, man, it's kind of <laughs> kind of weird with you pushing the chair across stage naked. And then there's these snowflakes that are like uh, coming out the window, coming out. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a light, light up snowflakes. And they like, it's funny because they broke it to me with the stage manager like it was going to be some big travesty. They're like, listen, um, we're going to want you to put some clothes on. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. And yeah. I'm fine. Trust me, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. But like the best thing is because my at the time, my friends were all like really poor college students. Yeah. They wanted to buy the preview tickets because they were cheaper. Right. So the people who saw me naked the most were my closest friends. That's hilarious. And they were horrified. Oh my god! Because <laughs> they did not. I did not tell them. Yeah, that's the way. And you're... like, yeah, it was like a really great experience. That's amazing. Yeah. And so before we wrap, talk to me now. Like, what's going on? What's in the pipeline for you? Oh, so I did this cool project called Broil um, in Canada, and they're figuring out distribution right now. It's a cool like family drama slash fantasy. It's very odd, weird, out there movie. Very fun role to play. I played like a troubled savant like chef yeah which was really cool um and that so i'm if you follow me on instagram at jonathan Lubnicki, i will trust me i will let you know when it comes out i also had an amazing chance uh lap into last year um and it can't, it's starting to do festivals now i did a short um where i collaborated with uh teresa rebeck wow. who is an amazing playwright and she was kind enough to write a short for me 
and I got to collaborate with her and my my dear friend and amazing producer Andrew Carlberg, um, who produced Skin, uh, which won the Oscar for Live Short last year. Wow. And they, you know, it was amazing to work with such creative powerhouses. And I got to work on this uh, seven minute short. My friend Scott Rogers directed it. Um, this amazing actor Carlson Young, she was in it opposite me. It's a two hander, and it's a short, and it's some of the most great. I mean, it's it's probably some of the the work I'm the most proud of. Wow. And you just did something with our other mutual friend, Jeremy Loop, too. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so then me and Jeremy also recently. So then, so then, yeah, I did that. And then I have a episode of The Resident on Fox coming out. Um, it's their Halloween episode where I play a really fun role. I just got back from Atlanta shooting that. And then I immediately went into shooting something with Jeremy Loop. Amazing. We had this like proof of concept. We're trying to make into a television show that has to do with, um, if you love like 80s Van Damme movies, it yeah. has to kind of do with that. Um, I don't know what I should say about it, what I shouldn't, but it's really cool. And then, uh, you know, right now I'm going to go do San Jose Film Festival for Date, the Amazing. short. That's the short, the Teresa Redeck short. And because you're doing festivals, people can't watch it yet. Not right. yet, yeah, but yeah. it will. I will want people to watch. I think it's a really interesting. It's um, it's kind of her take on um, the Me Too movement um, and the, 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 the interaction between a man and a woman when a date goes really well and kind of things strain to the gray area well and then ultimately strain to a different area and it becomes you know interesting amazing jonathan lipnicki man it, it's such a pleasure to have you on and thank i know only the me. best things in the world are in store for you and, and the best is yet thank to you come so much i'm honored um seeing who you've had on this man shay wigga like dude like thanks for having me on oh man. dude like, you're you're yeah. my brother man did these, do anything for you these people you've had on are so amazingly talented polono you know and so it's people I really look up to. So, I mean, it's cool to be kind of alongside them in a way. I really appreciate that. Yeah. That you look at me as someone cool enough to be on this. Totally, so, man. Yeah. What? And I know you mentioned it again, but just so people have it, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you? Um, You know, I'm not active on Twitter. I don't like it. It's a bit negative for yeah. my taste. So I kind of just don't. I stray away from it. Um, Instagram, I like. It's pictures. I can curate it. I see dogs and martial arts. For me personally, that's great. Awesome. So, um, Instagram at Jonathan Lipnicki. Cool. Um, and what's your social security? I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> All right, man. I love you, brother. Thank you so right. much. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.